Hello, my name is Ben Burrell and this is Bob Dylan Album by Album, a podcast that looks at each Bob Dylan studio recording, funnily enough, album by album. We're going to produce an audio essay or a mini documentary on every single recording, looking at the recording process, also the themes on offer and the musicality of each record as well. If that sounds like something you might want to listen to, then feel free to check out episode one. It's on Bob's 26th studio album, Oh Mercy, which is a fascinating record, not only for the music on offer, but also for how it fits into Bob's back catalogue. Have a look at that and let us know your thoughts. If you want to continue the conversation, we're available on Instagram. You can find us at Bob Dylan Podcast and you can find me on Twitter at Ben Burrell. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Now we're on. Hello so and welcome to Pods. Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv. And with me today, this is a bit of a catch-up in a sense, because um, we know each other in passing from the local music scene that we've both been involved with for a long I've been involved with it a lot longer than he has, I think. Um I would have thought so. Yep. Probably. Uh so I'm talking with my friend uh, Jim Plum, known as Jim Bob, and um, we're talking about, he does two shows, but we're going to talk about Ponytail and the Beard. Hey, Jim, thanks for speaking with me, mate. Hey, no worries, Marv, no worries at all. Um, Yeah, and sorry for trying to cut you off there at the very, very beginning, good way to start. (laughs) But yeah, this is a, a new platform on me, and hopefully it's all coming through okay. It's showing... Very teeny tiny little waves on my end, but I'm assuming you can uh, bring that up in mix. So hopefully yeah. it will be all good. But yeah, what, anyway. What what happens with Zencaster is it records you from your computer and then sends it to me afterwards. Okay. Cool, cool. That's so yeah, that's useful. We end the conversation. Uh, I press stop recording and then just leave just stay on until it says uploaded and then yeah. I've got the file then. Yeah, okay, that's cool. I mean, I can see the wave, it's just not very massive, so I might have to come forward a little bit like that to get it on. <laughs> um, I can turn the volume up in the in the mix. Yeah, do that. It's a shame it might won't work, but there you go. I've not really had time to mess about with my laptop and connect it up to my mic and that, so... Uh, yeah, be right. Yeah. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll probably talk about that in a bit anyway, how I use that sort of kit, so, you know. Um, anyway... Uh, anyway, how shall this, we, uh... this caught me out because I thought we were talking about a different show. So, uh, but we'll still sort of go along those lines because both of us are from the local scene. Both of us, uh, for anyone's interest, uh, from the Nottinghamshire area. Uh, so we're very much from the from the days of when bands, you know, from bands uh, playing in right, around Mansfield, Sutton in Ashfield, Kirkby in Ashfield. Uthway, and then we, if we went any further than that, like to works up, it was like a tour. Oh, um, tour, definitely. Yeah, World works tour up in Retford, they were tours. <laughs> and then if you managed to get down Nottingham, you were big time. Yeah. <laughs> and the real big time were the people who used to go to the Leopard at Donny. Oh, wow. That's, uh, yeah, I've, that's way out of my league. <laughs> Mine too. I didn't get there. Been to Sheffield, done a couple at Sheffield back in the day. So, it's weird, isn't it? Because sort of 
now you look at it and people are playing all over the country and it seems to just be a thing that people do that and it's like okay back in our day we didn't even leave our town <laughs> yeah but back in our day we were saying we were saying you know in in chats we were both saying to each other back in our day you could make a tour from the lo- just the local area you know because we used to yeah, have like but- six seven pubs in mansfield alone where you could actually play and then you had all the That's social, right, yeah. you know, the, the youth clubs as well that some of us would go and play as well. Yeah, and like little pubs and villages and all sorts. They used to um, be unlucky enough to put us on. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, you're reminding me when we played the when we played, um, oh, not the Mason's Arms. It was one up the road from there. I can't remember the name of it, but we played there, and um, they they told us they told us off for the bad language in the set. Because we're doing like you know, Rage Against the Machine and stuff like that, and then sure. uh, the guitarist Paul, he he decided to change the second half of the set when we came back on, and every single song had language in it. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, well, one of my old ventures, Snail Bomb, which was uh, me oh, and yeah. Pete, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a little bit of an offensive random project. I remember and, Snail Bomb. Uh, well, somehow we got a gig at a school in front of school kids. Right. <laughs> and I, I've i got no idea how that happened, but the tea, I don't, it's some evening thing. And we, it must have been friends of friends or something like that. But the teacher before we played found out that we had a song that was a little bit controversially called God's Wife Had an Abortion. It was Jesus. And she asked us very nicely not to play that song. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, right, and we'll just play something worse. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, yeah, that was the weird sort of stuff that you used to do back then, weren't it? Just anything where you could play in front of people. I'm now imagining them the, the next band they'd uh, probably book would be Lawn Mower Death. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> For the F off song. Just get, just get Paddy on the phone. Get him down there. <laughs> I still remember them supporting Saxon. That was brilliant. Because <laughs> uh, they had Saxon really? on at the Leisure Centre, you know, when it used to be on Chesterfield Road. Leisure Centre. Oh, yeah, they had Saxon on there. And they were supported by um, by Lawnmower Death. And uh, Saxon's management wouldn't let Lawnmower Death have a stall there to be able to sell their merch. <laughs> So Lord Mower Death came on and they said, uh, our first song is dedicated to the management of Saxon for not letting us have a stall here to sell merch. And it was the song F Off. (laughs) Brilliant. I love it. Absolutely love it. Brilliant. (laughs) So what's your first memory of a local gig? Um, Probably the first one that I did, which was... um, God, I would have been about 17, I think, at the time. So it would have been early, mid-90s, mid-90s. And it was with a band that I was in called Beyond Redemption, which was um, some guys from uh, Langworth. Yeah. I don't know if you know Sam Lim and Neil Lewis. Yeah, absolutely know Sam. Yeah. Um, So it was with those guys. In fact, now I'm lying. I am actually... No, I'm completely lying. See, this is how my brain's going these days. 
this must have been my second one. My first proper memory was playing with a, just a random bunch of guys that I met that used to practice in South Normanton, now yeah. in Pinkston. And we played in South Normanton. We played at a place called the South Normanton Picture Palace. Wow. <laughs> it was about a four-song set, and I remember absolutely shitting myself all the way through it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all that slow ballady stuff. Um, one of the songs was Unchained Melody. It was that sort of thing. And all right. I mean, obviously playing that sort of stuff on bass, when you've sort of more into metal, it's yeah. really nerve wracking because you sort of every mistake is more amplified, isn't it? Because you sort of, you know, you're going along thinking dumb, 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 and if you shit out and hit the wrong note, it's yeah. blatant. Whereas if you like just doing riffs and stuff, it's a lot easier to just improvise. So I, I, what I remember is that is being absolutely terrified of messing up, and I remember that there was a widow twenky washing line behind us on the stage for some <laughs> weird reason. <laughs> Um, so that was my first one, and then my first proper one, as I say, was Beyond Redemption, and that was at the Market Tavern in Sutton. So right on the marketplace, and the fun, fun memory of that one is we turned up for the show, and um, there'd been a, a male stripper had been on just before us. All right, okay. was going to be on. Just for some reason, I think there was a hen party or something happening in there. So when the van pulled up, there was a the hen do thought that we were the stripper and started going absolutely bonkers. <laughs> and then it was like, oh no, it's just a bunch of smelly long ears. No, we don't want out to do with them. <laughs> so then by the time that we actually played, all the seats and that, because uh, I don't know if you remember back in those days, there's I think it's where they, they built a little bit of a stage off to the right hand side. Right, yeah. And it's where that's where you used to play just on the floor. And there was like bench seating all around the back of it. And I remember all that bench seating was completely covered in baby oil. It was like, oh, okay, this is weird. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a good show. It was a, mm. it was a good laugh, that one was. Uh, that's, uh, that's my first prior because I don't seem to remember going to any um, real shows before then. Um, I think I may have gone to see my uncle Dennis, who yep. um, I don't know if you know Dennis Bohm. He's a bass player. Yep. Um, who used to play a lot um, in the 70s. I must have gone to see him as a kid, but that's definitely locked away up there. No chance of remembering that one. <laughs> I'm not going to remember that far back. No, definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that, that was pretty much my intro to local music and then uh, yeah sort of bounced around between local bands since then to be fair but like you were saying earlier it, it was a lot different and a lot easier when there were more venues yeah um, you know when you could just turn up and play um, that was it was one of the things that I found interesting a few years ago when we started Tinseltown Rebellion back up yeah um, the first gig that we did was a bit of a one-off improv thing because Scott, the drummer, just got a call off on La Canray on the Saturday afternoon saying, do you want to come and support us tonight? Right. And that was how it used to be, innit? it? You, you didn't yeah. used to book things far out. You just used to turn up and play that night. And I remember that being a bit of a, oh, this is a bit of a throwback. Oh, it used to be ace <laughs> when you used to do stuff like this. So they were normally the best gigs as well, the ones that you'd not had a chance to prepare for. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you'd, you'd have a, a big one coming up and like work on it and work on it and work on it. And sometimes it'd fall a bit flat, but then you'd have one that had just come out of nowhere and you'd have no time to be ready for it and you just jump up and play it and it'd be his. Yeah, yeah, because you'd also, you know, you'd not be ready with like prepared bits and bobs. I mean, I mean, bass players we pretty much sort of know what we're doing, but guitarists, they'll make things up on the spot, won't they, a lot more when they're not yeah. prepared. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, there's a bit of a different sort of vibe on stage, I think, when you're doing that, and it's, um, it's a bit more fun, I think, because I suppose there's a bit less pressure on you. Yeah, but then occasionally you'll find that the lead singer will forget words at certain points, and then, and then one of the others has to fill in because he like, he's like looking, and you can see a look on the on the singer's face as if to go, you, you know, when you're playing the instrumental, but and he's looking at you, and you think, oh god, he has no idea what the next line is. I'll just quickly move to the move to the mic, and I'll start it up, and then he'll tell me when he's ready. I'll be honest, most of the time, whenever I've been near a mic, it's get him away. <laughs> Except for the one band that I was frontman for, and I, I mean a front one now as well, but we've not done any live stuff yet. So uh, yeah, it's um, if it's any sort of melodic singing, no, no, stop him, stop yeah. him, keep that mic away. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... hey, this is Brian with Concert Stamp Madness podcast, and you're listening to Pods Like Us. A great show about other great shows. But but yeah, you, we were talking before we started recording. You know, we were talking about the old websites that we used to do, the chat groups that we used to have back in the day. Before you know, before the old, um, even before social networking, we had like Mansfield's own one. Yeah, Mansfield Music Scene or whatever it was called. That website and. Yeah, and oh, uh, what's it? Um, yeah, yeah. Lester had one called Pineapster, apparently. <laughs> Brilliant, because do you remember? You remember back in the day, we we used to this thing where I used to, um, I used to have this sort of like thing going. Where at one point I started it, where we had a band from Mansfield area or the area Mansfield, Sutton, Kirkby, and that we used to set it up so that they could go and do a gig in one of these other areas. So we had them from that area, and so I had I knew people from Worksop and Ret and Retty, yes. Retford, and then I knew people from the Leicester area as well, Leicestershire. And I used to like do it where we'd have a band from each area, and then they would all play, say, the Mill, Town Mill in Mansfield, mm. and then they go from there, they go and play the Frog and Nightgown at, at Worksop, and then they go and play um, one of the pubs in Leicester. And we used to set that up as well because then that the idea behind that was to get the local bands from our area out there and get them a bit more noticed in that area that they might get more gigs. So sure. that's how I know okay. all yeah. these local sites that they had, you know, on the internet. Got you. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. That was, uh, yeah, wow. I, I think I must have been in between bands at that point, so I never got to take advantage of any of it. But, yeah, I, I do remember that, yeah. Yeah. That, was a, that was a cool one. Gig swapping. Yeah, because I was going to say, because then you'd have like bands like uh, Ist and Kinargo from um, from Leicester Way. And um, I think I remember before Kasabian were Kasabian, 
I got them on one of the bills as well, and they ended up playing the mill under their name that they were before Kasabian, and they played the Frog and Nightgown as well. Before cool. they, like I said, before they were Kasabian. So these are, we know how far we're going back now. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That is very cool. It's um, it's something that we sort of tried to do a little bit when um, United and Fuzz became a big thing. I don't know if that's something that you've heard of, but all yep. United and Fuzz. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's a, a group of like stabler bands that do all the sort of stoner doom sort of stuff generally, but it's also, you know, quite a bit of variance in there as well. Um, but what we used to do was try and do a bit of gig sharing. Now this was when I was booking gigs at the bowl. Yep. So that helped me a lot because what we do is sort of pick, I mean, nights at the bowl tended to be three bands. So you'd get two local bands and then one not local band, yep. put them on in the middle, get the two local bands on either side of them, which would bring plenty of people in for the not local band. Yep. And then they could all meet each other and get to know each other and talk, do some gig swapping, which, yeah, it, that was a, a similar sort of principle. And I think it started working quite well. But again, like everything else, it um, it's another one that got hit by, first of all, uh, venues getting shut down like yeah. when the bowl finished yeah um and then covid obviously came along and just put the brakes on pretty much everything really yeah i mean the, i mean everywhere was shutting down as it was and then like you said i mean covid it just made the situation mm. even worse than it than it could have been, would have been otherwise yeah it did yeah it did i think the only good thing that that gave us was people started being able to accept doing stuff online a little bit more because um, I mean the the fun thing I thought with working online is the technology had always been there well not always obviously but technology had been there for quite a few years for file sharing and you know using stuff like Google Drive and that and um, people had just not really bothered using it and then suddenly something like that comes along and it forces you to use it and you start to realise how good it is um, you know, doing online collaborations and stuff like that, it, it was made to look as though it was a new thing, which yeah. it wasn't really, but no. <laughs> it was still good to do, though. I mean, people have been using Skype for nearly 20 years. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I, I found quite a lot of that through work as well. I mean, uh, we use Teams quite a lot now, and we never used to. And it's always been there, hasn't it? It's been there for ages, Teams has, and just sort of like that app on your computer that you just never use. And now it's that app on your computer that's always running. Yeah. But it's the app on the computer now that saves companies from having to have actual premises now because they can have all their call centre staff from home, which they've now realised after COVID. That's it. It's it's good as well for um, me personally in my line of work because I do a lot of projects that are based in London. Yeah. And a lot of the time they'll want to have meetings with you. And before COVID, they were saying, okay, come down. Now, that sounds great. You do like one or two trips down London. Yeah, it's a good day out. But yeah. when it gets a bit more frequent, it's, you start to realise it's a whole day out of your working week that's gone. Yeah. So, and, you know, no one no one covers your work for you while you're out on a work trip because you're not on holiday. <laughs> Yeah, and 
then the other side of it is, is how much it costs. I mean, we tend to use a train to go down and a weekday normal time train ticket is ridiculous. You can yeah. be looking at a couple of hundred quid for a day's worth of travel. It's, it's bonkers. It is. Hell of a, hell of a journey as well from, from there because you'd have to catch two trains. Um, I tend to prefer driving down to East Mids Parkway or Nottingham. Yeah. Yeah. And then shooting straight down there. East Mids Parkway is a good one, especially if you happen to have a meeting on the day that download starts. <laughs> wow. That's, um, that's good planning. I did that a few years ago. I was on the train coming. I weren't going to download, but I was on the train with a lot of people that were coming up to download. Yep. And then when we got to um, East Mids Parkway, I was like straight off to my car and everyone all had to wait for the buses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, in hindsight, I should have uh, maybe charged it. A few quid and shuttled them. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, you could give people lifts. Yeah, yeah, five or eight or whatever. Hello to all of you boys next door, mums and dads, new weds and nearly deads, introducing Dangerous Amusements, a brand new podcast where we talk about the music of Elvis Costello. I'm Stu Arrowsmith, and in each episode I'll be joined by a special guest to chat all things Elvis, and I'll be asking them to help me compile the ultimate Elvis Costello playlist. So let's get to podcast history. So, so what what made you decide to? Because so the the idea of um, I'm guessing from um, uh, ponytail and the beard is that uh, as we were saying before we started recording, it's just two people having having a chat, a gab between you both, and whatever comes yeah. to mind, that's what you discuss. Yeah, basically, um, I mean, sort of the origins of Ponytail and Beard. Obviously, I did quite a bit of work with Jethro on Knott's Rockcast before, and which yep. we'll talk about in depth another day. But um, I was always sort of like just a side character in that show, if you like, uh, just yep. doing my music reviews. Occasionally, I'd do a full show with him or whatever, but um, that was that. And I, I kind of always wanted to do a full show of my own really um, or not so much of my own but you know do a full show and um, Chris I used to work with Chris's wife yeah. um, Natalie and I got to know Chris a bit as well you know and we sort of chatted and that and we realised that we could have a decent conversation so we said why not let's just get a podcast going he wanted to do it I wanted to do it so yeah, yeah go on let's do it and we sort of had a bit of a discussion back and forth about what we were going to talk about and could not decide at all. So to start off with, and this sort of ran throughout the whole of the first season that we did, um, we said, okay, what we'll do each week, I'll choose five different subjects and then you pick a number from one to five on the day that we go and do it. So on the right. day that we sat there together in front of a microphone, we won't know what we're talking about until you say that number <laughs> and then I'll reveal it and then we'll talk about it. That way we're not researched. We're just pulling off of the top of our head, but most importantly, we're just chatting. 
Yeah. And that's what it became, you know, and it, it was, it was fun, very much fun doing it that way. Um, we got, I think, God, you've had a look on Podbean, I think there's about six or eight episodes in that first season. Yeah. There was one that we didn't air because it, the recording was rubbish. Um, bear in mind, we started recording in the, pretty much the middle of COVID. So we were doing it in my garage. Right. <laughs> randomly and it was the middle of the summer so it's absolutely red hot in my garage which made things 10 times hotter and um we just couldn't get the audio working properly so you know it we lost an episode but we've always vowed that we'll go back and redo that one at some point um (laughs) as you do but yeah no it's we we've got a lot of common interests as well so that sort of helps us to pick our our subjects so i mean while you the thought of okay there's five random subjects that could be anything pick one but when you're two relatively similar guys that have got similar interests unless you purposefully pick something stupid out of left field you're gonna have common ground aren't you and that's where we sort of we find a lot of the a lot of the subject matter tends to be either paranormal stuff or movies and if it's paranormal movies, yeah, all the better. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it makes a good chat because we're both minds of useless information as well, especially on these films that we've seen and on legends that we've read about and stuff. So it, you know, it just it makes a, a good time for us anyway. I don't know how interesting it is for people to listen to. <laughs> I'm looking forward to people hearing me taking part in a podcast last night when they, when they said, oh, we're just talking about James Cameron. And I did absolutely no research whatsoever before the, the episode. Yeah. I, well, we started doing season two of PTB. And we're, we've recorded two episodes, but we've not aired them yet. We... I think the plan is we're going to record a full series and then get it all released properly. Because at the minute, it's only on Podbean. So we're going to look at releasing it properly. And for the first couple of episodes of season two, we've actually picked our subject in advance and researched it. And I tell you what, it's a lot easier. (laughs) Um, The second episode that we did was... um, It was... Well... well, I'll reveal it because it's not massively exciting, but we um, we spoke about haunted places. Yeah. So we looked up a list of, like, say, the 10 most haunted places and then just back and forth between each other, sort of telling each other a little bit about those places and that and the, the myths and everything that goes with them. And having that bit of research really helped because there's less dead air. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, one of one of the worst things, especially when you're talking about a movie or a TV series, is oh yeah, hold on, I think I know that, but I, it might be on IMDb. Hmm, yeah, just check IMDb, and then you get three or four minutes of dead air, and it's like can't do that. <laughs> editing, editing. Oh well, yeah, you, you could edit, but we don't. <laughs> I take my cue on that from a couple of podcasts that I listen to. So uh, I, I tend to like the organic feel of not bothering to edit. Yeah. 
But three minutes of dead um, air, I mean, you could you could knock that down to about ten seconds. Yeah, you could, you could, um, you know. But I suppose it's having the time in it to um, not only to record your pod, but then to go back and edit and everything. So either that, or one of you has a guitar to hand while the other one does it, and then you make up a number while make up a song while you're doing it. Why you wait for the other Whoa. guy to do the research? <laughs> there is that. There is that definitely. Um, you know, <laughs> there was an episode that we did where I just picked up a bass and started twanging on it, and uh, I seem to remember getting a bit of a look for doing that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, how do you record it then? Do you do you record, you know, remotely, you at your place and and Chris at his, um, or, we- or do you do it in person? We do it in person. Um, we've yep. always done it in person, just as a um, as a preference, just because yep. it it is great doing things remotely. But it's um, for a chat like that one where you sort of you're feeding off of each other a little bit more. Yep. Um, we will find it better to do it in person. So if there's a week when we can't get to each other, then we'll not bother. Um, you know, it's. Uh, it's a nice, comfortable setup, and we. I think the thing about it is we don't put any pressure on each other as well, which you know, we because we've not got a set schedule for getting episodes out. We tend to be very lazy, and yeah, let's do it next week. Yeah, and you don't have a structure for it either. Well, no, not all, not all. It's um, it's chat for a bit and then finish. <laughs> yeah, when you think you've sometimes said enough. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. When you think you've said enough, that's it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we we normally try and keep it within about an hour. So we'll keep an eye on the clock, and when the clock gets to the hour mark on the little, because we record it on Chris's laptop, and um, he's basically uses a little um, recorder program. And yep. when the clock gets to roughly an hour, then we know to start winding up, and then we'll we'll bring it to a bit of a close. But we'll. T- generally try and do something stupid to finish it like cut it off in the middle of an argument or making stupid burping noises or something pure (laughs) like that you know it's gone too far when you're doing that correct (laughs) stop recording and get out the beer (laughs) exactly so it's just you both then. You don't have any guest on the show because, you know, I'm still following all these bullet points that I've put down for, for Notch Rock. I know, I know. I know. I'm so sorry about that. It's, it's all right. Uh, kind of blindsided you. I mean, it's really giving you more of a our sort of vibe, hasn't it? Sort of making you be a bit more off the cuff. It has, <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. But, yeah, so far we've not had any guests. It's all just been just us two. Um maybe at some point we'll get someone to guest on it. But I mean, the, I think the problem at the minute is it's a limited audience because it's on Podbean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we sort of, we did a series, a season on Podbean just to see if we enjoyed doing it and how much trouble we'd have doing it. Cause you don't have to pay on Podbean, obviously no. once you no. start getting onto a more wider broadcast sort of situation, and getting yourself on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that good stuff. That's where you're more into having to pay for your rights, as you know, obviously. As I know, yeah. 
and that was something that we didn't want to just jump in, pay however much it is, 40 odd quid for a year or whatever, and then do two episodes and then say, well, bollocks to this, we're not really having a good time doing it. Um, so, yeah, we've sort of tried to do it slowly but surely. But also, I mean, the, the plan will be as well, when we do go a bit bigger with it, we can upload all the older episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's it also helps a little bit that it's not really a current affairs situation. Yeah. Um, but the most you know, current that, you get is when one of you mentions what the weather's like. Basically, yeah. Or, you know, what were you doing this weekend? Oh, I was doing this, you know. It, but then it doesn't really matter because, I mean, like I say, we've had two episodes in the can now for probably a couple of months. Or, no, we started the first one a couple of months ago and then we missed a few weeks. Then we did the next one and then we've not been able to get back together again. So, you know, it's a bit sporadic, but good things and all that, you know. But if, if you get six in the can, then you can. Then while you're releasing those six, you can record another one or two in that period, hopefully. Yeah, most likely, most likely. I mean, to be honest, I would say that when we do the next one, um, we'll probably start putting them out from that point. Um, but again, it's... What you got to remember is that we're both insanely lazy. Either that, or whenever you're both in the same place at the same time, just record whatever every time you meet up. Yeah, exactly. There's that as well. So you know, I mean, we we are getting there. We we're working on it, and we'll get something out. I mean, the the latest sort of hard work that well, we've made it more hard work than it should be has been sorting out our new intro music. So for the first season. I just recorded a little 30-second blast of me playing guitar, which you probably heard on the bit that you listened to. Yep. Um, I've got a friend in Indiana who's got a really good um, radio voice. So I got him to record as a little bit of a voiceover, clipped it all together, bish bash, it's on. Yep. We're recording season two, episode one, and Chris said, uh, yeah, I think we need a new intro tune. I was like, all right. Oh, really? Okay, I'll make one. So we sat for a bit and I came up with something. It's a little bit more electronic-y, bit of a beat, all's well. Then, you know what would sound really good on this? Some samples. Hmm. Yeah, it would actually, yeah. Okay, let's download some then. And then we've spent weeks arguing over what samples we want. So, yeah. <laughs> but for a 20 to 30 second piece of music. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I thought I had it cracked, and then I listened back to it, and it had about four Ghostbusters clips, all one after the other, and I was like, no, that can't work. It's not a <laughs> Ghostbusters podcast. <laughs> <sighs> Need that now, Ghostbusters podcast. Oh, well, to be fair, Chris could probably uh, do something on that one. Um, Chris is a East Midlands Ghostbuster. Okay. So he does the... Uh, it does the cosplaying at the um, conventions and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Um, which is not something that I've actually had a chance to get and see him at yet. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm more the hermit of the situation, and Chris is the uh, the one who goes out and does stuff. <laughs> well, you need two opposites to to make radio shows or podcasts more interesting, don't you? 
Yeah, that's true. That's true, and that's the uh, that's part of the angle that we take on the um, paranormal conversations as well. Because Chris is quite happily a believer, and yeah. I'm not. Um, I very stupidly, whatever. I, I call myself a man of science. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm an engineer. Yeah. As an engineer, you've got to be a man of science, haven't you? Now, right. I'm happy to. I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong. Um, unless, you know, I'm in a dark room and shit starts flying around and then I'll not be very happy at all, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's we get a bit a good bit of back and forth on that. When we get into something ghosty related and Chris will recount me some sort of a story about something that, that happened that's definitely definite proof of the paranormal. And I'll be like, Well, surely it could have just been that. Wouldn't it have been wires? Could it have been electrical motors? <laughs> oh dear. That reminds me of being a kid and I used to used to get we had like chicken wire or whatever, it was really thin. And uh, I mm. used to stay I used to I used to go to a school where you stayed. You lived there basically okay. or whatever. So we had dorms, rooms or whatever, you know. And uh, one of the kids he used to go to go and use the loo. And uh, as he's going towards the door I'd pull this wire from my bed that was closest to the door and the door used to just open and he, <laughs> he used to scare shitless. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's almost something I'd do and something that would scare the shit out of me as well, so I love it. Um, one of the things that I told Chris on one episode is um, when I worked at Newark, I used to um, work at um RHP bearings. Yep. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with that plan. It used to be absolutely massive and a lot of it was quite old. And yep. um when I worked on nights, I used to go for a bit of a wander around sometimes. I used to work on maintenance, so used to get quite a bit of downtime, especially on nights because there was only a little portion of the factory would be open. Yeah. Um you know, you'd only have like one bit, there'd be a few machines, so nothing would really break down that often. So it would just be a case of just filling your time, really. And uh, I'd go for a wander around some of the old parts in the dark. Right. Uh, not the plans. <laughs> <laughs> Wandering around in pitch black at about two in the morning. <laughs> something uh, something drops or scurries behind you. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of when I used to do patrols as security at Metalbox. That when that was pitch black at oh. night, and that's a talk, that was a big building that that used to take ages. Which battle box was that? Was that the one in Mansfield? The one in Mansfield, yeah, 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 because it used to yeah, be. Yeah. I, I think I counted it, there were like 60 something stairs to all the way to the top or whatever, and then so you go all the way around upstairs to the top, check the door at the top, then you come all the way back down again, the same, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of time for your imagination to start clicking into overdrive, isn't they, on that one? That's right. I'm not as healthy now as I was then. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Me neither at all. <laughs> Those steps used to keep me healthy, that's for sure, or fit. <laughs> God, I bet. That's, I can remember that. It used to be, um, it was on the side of St. Peter's Way, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. Was it, you went round the corner, yeah, because... Um, when I was at college, there were quite a few lads that were apprentices there that were with yeah. us. 
it was uh, yeah, it was a good stuff. You were um, a good place, apparently. really good. You know, a bunch of people it. that worked there. So did they move that then? Because it, it got moved over to uh, Oddicroft, didn't it? Or was that just a different part of it? That was a different part of it, but they moved some of them from the Mansfield one to there. But yeah, there used to be, um, I think there were three in the area. There was that one, and then there was the one you're on about, and then there was another one, I think somewhere between Kirkby and Uthwaite around there, maybe. Okay, okay. Yeah, I remember it was, um, It were, I think it was quite a thing to get an apprenticeship there as well, wasn't it, at one point? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was all good fun. Um like I say, I remember the uh, the guys that were the three or four guys in our classic college that were from there. And then everyone else were just mixed. Hello, everybody. This is Ryan. And this is Avery. And we are from the Frame by Frame King Crimson podcast. And you are listening to Pods Like Us. So you, you know when you're setting up the, um, the 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 five subjects, yeah. Do do you are they mix are the different subjects? Are you, do you pick like one that's paranormal, one that's about a film, one that's about different subjects, or are they normally the same sort of thing? Um, honestly, when I did them, they were completely at random. I'm just looking off at my phone now to see if I've still got any lists I have I've got a list right here um, so this is, this must have been when we first started and I have got a list of 12 in fact yeah we didn't do 5 we had a, a big list I think we both had a big list and each week one of us picked from the other one's list Yeah. so this is the list that I wrote which I just keep on my phone um, I think Chris did the same. So, my list was horror movie franchises, right? Bit vague. Batman, childhood cool. TV shows, yeah. Who done it? Yep. I mean, who don't love the who done it? Music, yep. Which we did that one. We definitely spoke about music because um, Chris is also a bass player, so we yep. had some reminisced about times there Chris knows a whole different sort of group of people to me because he's right. uh, Warsop area so yeah. he's you know he's got a whole different sort of musical friend base um, then we've got Disney which yeah. I'm a um, complete expert on uh, <laughs> which you might not know if you know me but um, yeah that's that's kind of my thing uh, we've got Doctor Who, which I think we did that one. You did. The Alien vs. Predator franchise. Right. That's a good one. Back to the Future, consoles, um, socials. So I'm assuming that must have meant social media. Yeah. Harry Potter, um, more of the MCU. We did a full episode on the MCU. But yeah, we did it before I'd finished watching all of the MCU. So okay, I'm also tragically slow at watching. <laughs> um, you got to find the time. More zombies. Yep, I know. Yeah, isn't it? And they're long films as well. They are now. Um, yeah, a, definitely. Um, there was a more zombies one because we had a, a very long episode about zombies, and then Ghostbusters two. 
Right. Which apparently warranted its own full episode. But an, an, so, under, yeah, an overlooked film. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's um, it was weird, wasn't it? Because it, I think, in in terms of it being a sequel, yeah, it was a bit of a disappointment when it came out. But then, if you watch it as a standalone film, it's a lot better than what it seems. It just yeah. doesn't quite match up to the first one. But I haven't seen the most recent one yet either. It's good. It's good. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, there's a lot of cameos in it, and they treated it a bit with a bit of respect. I think um, you know there's callbacks and cameos, and Paul Rudd's in it, and Paul Rudd's pretty good, so um, he he makes it into a decent film. Um, they picked the right a lot man of people to play Ant Man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was very mind you. The thing I liked about Ant Man was that it was a bit different because it had that different edge to it. Um, they picked a few different comedians that brought a different sort of vibe to that movie, and that made it a good film. I thought, yeah. made it a bit more enjoyable. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, in terms of Ghostbusters, a lot of people like to rip on the uh, on the female reboot effort, which, in my opinion, is a bad film because it's a bad film. Nothing to do with anyone that's in it. It's just not well written, and all the pacing's wrong and everything else. But that's just my opinion. You know, everyone thinks what they think about movies, which is what makes podcasting about movies so easy. So, so are you up to date now with the MCU? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen as far as Endgame. Right. I want to ask you about Doctor Strange 2 then. No, no, I've not got there yet. Um, I'm still waiting to get around to watching um, Spider-Man Far From Home. And there's another one after that, isn't there? So yes, um, there is. Yep. Which I'm guessing people have already spoiled yeah. for you. Yeah, people being the internet, really, more than else. Yeah, you, know, you can't um, escape it, can you? No, not at all. I mean, I spend a lot of time on Twitter um, for sports updates and stuff like that, and sports and music, best things Twitter are for. And uh, unfortunately, you have to be very wary of all the other stuff that's on there, like all the political rants and all the spoilers. Yeah. Although, to be fair, I've not seen very many Stranger Things spoilers yet, and I'm halfway through that now. So, uh, I've, then again, I've had to sort of accelerate that because of the, everyone at work wants to talk about it, and I'm holding everyone up. We're only halfway through season two. Oh, man. Oh, man. There's no such a good show. Such a good show. It's, I said this to someone at work the other day. It's, I find watching that is like reading a Stephen King novel. Yeah. 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 The, not just the era and not just the supernatural factor of it and all that sort of good stuff, but the pacing of it is perfect. Like the way that an episode is very much like a chapter of a Stephen King book. Yeah. It might be a bit slow and a bit stodgy for a bit which Stephen King books are renowned for, but then at the end of the episode, it'll just go fucking bop. And yeah. you don't want to stop. You want to get onto that next one. 
And yeah, that's I love it for that. It's so good for that. It, it's, it's funny you should say that because that makes me think about you know like um, oh uh, Stand by Me, the, the the film or whatever you know where you know where he's got you know it's perfectly caught that childhood you know the teenage yes. you know it, you know interested in it's that era where we know as kids where we were on the cusp of going from there to eventually becoming adults and whatever. And so it's called that exact bit where you're in between the childhood and the, the adulthood, so to speak. And, and then it's the same thing with stranger things, you know, that catches the same sort of era. I think stand by me, bear in mind, I've not seen that movie in absolutely forever, but my lasting memory of that is the way that it captures that last adventure of of your childhood sort of feel. Because we all had one, didn't we? We all had a, a last adventure, but we didn't know it at the time. No. At the time, you thought it would just go on forever and ever and you'd be just having fun forever as a kid. But then you've got to have that last adventure and that's that's what that is. And it's where, like you said, it's where they all grow up and it's uh, yeah, yeah, similar to Stranger Things. Absolutely, yeah. It's that last adventure for them as well before they get to that time of the life. Mm. Yeah, that time where you... Honestly, you stop having adventures as much, really. And you have to sort of knuckle down and go to work, <laughs> which yeah. I'm sorry, grim, kids, but, but when, when, I'm sorry, kids, but when you become adults, life gets less, you know. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, there's one word scarier than any monster, and that's mortgage. Yeah, or work. <laughs> work. It's the worst four-letter word yeah. in, in, in the world. Work. In it, just yeah. When you're uh, when your alarm's going off and you, oh man, <laughs> I just don't want to go. And then no. you have to have that soul searching moment. Play guitar of, all the oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's oh, there's loads of work I need to do on my guitar. Oh, <laughs> I've got something that I was working on and I could record it. I'm like, God. And I still get can't home, sweet pick. <laughs> sweet pick? Bloody hell, I have enough trouble pick picking. Yes. <laughs> I've got my finger technique, oh, finger style technique. That's decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Finger technique, slapping, I can blag. Yeah. Um, but... Hey there, this is Bobby with the Rock Guys Podcast, and you are listening to Marv Smooth on the Pods Like Us Podcast. Check him out. Yeah, have you um, have you by chance had a chance to hear any of my solo stuff? A bit, yeah. Yeah, I've heard a couple, a bit, yeah. It's cool. It's sure, definitely that's, different that's, to, um, that's... to Snail Bomb and Tinsel Town Rebellion. <laughs> Yeah, some of the metal stuff that I've done. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit more chill, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I like to think of that as me working with my limitations, though, as a as a bass player. Yeah. No one ever taught me how to do things properly on guitar, so a lot of it's very trial and error. Of just like, yeah, okay, I'll try that bit and see how it sounds. No, that sounds all right. Yeah, yeah, that bit sometimes that's through. really interesting to do that though. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think you um, you figure out how to do some new techniques doing things that way as well, um, which is always good. 
But yeah. I mean, that said, I've always played guitar. I've always, yeah. you know, I've always liked to have an acoustic handy. Like I've got one handy right now. Yeah. But um, it's uh, generally just been for songwriting, which more sort of just being able to like have an idea come into your head and be like, wait a minute. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I put and one of mine behind me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have a jam. <laughs> yeah. Anything is getting past that latency issue. That's another thing that I had to explain to a few people uh, during lockdown, you know, when, um, when, no one was able to practice or rehearse and uh, you'd get people at work who don't really have any musical knowledge or anything and go, why can't you just do it online? I've seen videos of people playing together online. No, that's not what they're doing online. That person recorded their bit and then sent it to that person and then they overdubbed their bit and they built it up like that because the internet's got this thing called latency. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yep. The bane yep. of the internet. Oh, and it just, and it just, imagine how much money you could make if you could uh, invent zero latency. I would love that. Yeah. That that would be amazing. I'd, I'd love to be able to just, you know, plug in and jam with somebody without that problem. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, I don't think we're quite there yet. It's um, that's been the one thing that has been shown up a little bit. I think with everyone being online, is the uh, the massive amount of draw on the uh, on bandwidth usage, which especially at busy times, everyone's working from home on their home connections. But I mean, that, that's another thing from the COVID thing, you know, because now everybody's doing like doing this thing of online, you know, and all the, the, you know, what we're doing now, chatting online, doing a podcast, and it's sort of grown and put up, in, in a sense, the big COVID has pushed technology where they've had to actually speed yeah. up, essentially, because everybody's doing all this and it's slowing down the internet essentially and the internet's having to catch up and providers are having to go oh maybe we ought to have a bit faster because i mean yeah the internet in england is slower than the internet in some other countries it is it is and i think it's also more expensive if i'm wrong it's um, one of the many things that we get overcharged for in this country um one example of our expensive internet is if you're out and about and you want to get on any wi-fi yeah. generally nine times out of ten you've got to pay for that you know you might be in i don't know a westfield shopping center or something like that and you'll see a free westfield free internet thing will pop up you try and log on to it and straight away it'll be oh yeah you need to pay five quid for three hours on this and that's something that you don't get in other countries yeah. if you walk around in america you jump on wi-fi and it's generally free wherever you are yeah, it's yeah. very rare that you've got to pay for that, which is um, you know. But I mean, maybe one day we'll have a, a situation where everything's all just available. But I mean, I think I think that's the uh, is that not the intention of Starlink? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yep. 
that sort of free, fast internet um, to be global, isn't it, eventually, when it's all up and running? Yeah. Which, for for some countries, that'll be absolutely revolutionary. Um, you know, you think about... Think about being able to get internet in the middle of nowhere in sort of Africa and places like that. It could be um, that could be life saving for some people. Yeah, could be. Yeah, but um, yeah, I remember years ago, even before all this lot, we went to stay at a hotel in uh, down in London, and uh, that mm-hmm. hotel. One of the reasons why I looked at it is because it said it said Wi Fi available. So uh, went okay. down there, took the laptop with me, and then. Um, I went down to reception and I said, "Like, I put my laptop on, and um, I can't get on the internet." And the woman said to me, "She said, oh, that's extra." And I said, "Well, you should say <laughs> that on your advertising then, that you have to pay for it. You shouldn't yeah. say Wi-Fi available if it's only available if you pay for it." Absolutely, that's uh, not very fair, is it? No, no. Which was which was great. A couple of years later, we went to Skeg. Stayed at a hotel in Skegness, and um, and that was free Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find a lot of them are nowadays, um, which is helpful, especially when you want to uh, get a little bit of Netflix on or something like that before you get to bed. Yeah, yep, yeah. Who doesn't want to do that? No, absolutely, absolutely. Despite them putting up the price. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, still, <laughs> but. More importantly, with Netflix, can you remember when it used to be a postal service? No, I didn't have I didn't have Netflix at that point when it was a postal service. But I did have Love Film. All right, okay. Which that was similar, wasn't it? Yeah. Did they merge? Yeah, yeah I thought they did. Yeah. Well, Love Film was part of Amazon Prime. Right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Or or Amazon bought it. That was it. Yeah. When my wife was at uni in Stoke, yep. um, someone, what was it? It might have been when we moved into our first house or something like that. Someone had used our address for Netflix. Right. And we kept getting DVDs posted to us all the time. And to start off with, we'd just get it. Oh, is it something we want to watch? No. Bung it in. Okay. <laughs> Bang it back in post. And then eventually we wrote... Uh, obviously before emails, we wrote them a letter saying, look, you've got the wrong address. We've told you several times. If you don't stop, you can keep your DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> I think probably two or three that didn't get returned and then they stopped sending them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, it was a great concept if you, mm. you, know, if you had the right address. <laughs> We loved it. We did because we did it with, like I said, Love Film, which ended up being bought out by uh, by Amazon. But you know, every so yeah. often you send you, you watch a DVD, you send it back, you get one back in the post, or however many you've got the deal for. I think we had a deal for three. We had more time back then. I ain't got time for one film a week now. Never mind three films in a week. No, tell me about it. Tell me about it. I mean, uh, back when I was a, a little kid, my dad used to have a uh, mobile video rental business. That was quite yeah. fun. <laughs> so he used to drive around in a van full of videos, full of VHSs. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I remember used to, those days. Uh, used to go around twice a week. So you'd pick your film, rent it for like the three days or whatever, and then uh, we'd pick it up when we came back. Yeah. 
Good times, good times. They, oh, those were times before Blockbuster right. was in, I, I in the UK. Yes, absolutely, yeah. That was when video shops were normally attached to an off-licence. So you'd go to your video shop and you'd get all your beer and all your nibbles and all that sort of good stuff all at once. Like I said, good times. People don't, kids don't know what they're missing nowadays. No, not all. Not all. Having to queue up for stuff and getting there for whatever film you wanted and they didn't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Now you just go online and you stream the damn thing. Exactly. Exactly. But there you go. That's how it is. Um, If if your internet will handle it. Well, yeah. Before we started this, I did warn you that I'd take you off on a completely random tangent, didn't I? I'm fine with tangents. Good, good. That's it. Another hallmark of ponytail beard. Good. And incidentally, as well, ponytail beard's also um, now an out of date name because no pony, no pony. Chris is still the beard, but yep. no pony. <laughs> but you're not changing the title, though, are you? Because it's a good title. Correct, and it'd take more effort to actually conjure up another design and all that sort of stuff. You don't want to do that. Like I said before, like I said before, we're just tragically lazy. It's far easier just to stick with what we've got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like, do you remember Dob- Dobby used to have a, used to have, a, have a show called, was it the Kitchen kitchen Table Trio? They used to have a show called that, didn't they? Did he really? Dobby, Drew and um, and Jack, they, they had a show, those three did, yeah. Brilliant. And that's because they recorded it at the kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That works. <laughs> I like how podcasting has just become what it has, to be honest with you, with the uh, just the random informal chats. It's almost yeah. like you can drop in someone's life for a little bit. It's sort of, for me, it sort of fills that hole of chat radio that you used to use when you used to drive a lot um, which I mean to be fair chat radio still exists to an extent yeah. but it's just easy to stick a podcast on it because you know you're going to listen to something you're vaguely interested in rather than well, listening to Chris Moyles banging on yeah least said um, but um, but yeah it's sort of it, it it's sort of inevitable, really, isn't it? You know, you've got the streaming of films, the streaming of television. I mean, you, you can almost see the the future with that. You know, where television. I mean, we, we don't even have a we don't even have a working television area like ours. Everything that we watch is streamed. So, so yeah, our, you know, uh, our free sat box only gets used every now and then when yeah. there's something on live. So. But most of what we watch is streamed anyway. You know, I mean, I've got, I've got planned for tonight. We've got, what is it, latest episode of Miss Marvel. And then I think we've got Only Murders in the Building to watch tonight as well. And then finish it sure, all off with sure. good old Rocky Four, I think. Oh, nice. That's uh, Drago, isn't it? Yes, it is. If he Except dies, I need to he find- dies. I need to find a ver- the new the re what's it version of that. There's a director's cut that I need to find. 
of that. The montage in that film is so fantastic. They, they should just call it and Rocky IV, so- the montage. <laughs> it's It just sums up those 80s montages so very well. Such a great montage. <laughs> the comparison, the technology versus the, the raw like nature and everything is it? Oh, it's so good, so cliched as well. Although that, I suppose that was back before it was such a trope. But <laughs> yes, yep, yep. But then again, I mean, you'd already you'd always had montages in in the Rocky films before that, anyway. Just not to that extreme. The training That's was right, always yeah. a montage. Yeah, absolutely. It's. Uh, I think it was that one was just it hit. It just hit that a little bit harder. <laughs> yes, especially with the um, very politically incorrect um, Russians, you know, because they will they will always cheat and use drugs, whereas the Americans, were, you know, they won't use any of that or whatever. It's got that sort of connotation to it. Well, that's a, an interesting one, isn't it? The way that when you, you go back now and watch a, a 80s movie that's... I mean, most 80s movies either involved communists or cocaine or, that was about it, action movies, Saturday night action movies. That was pretty much all there were, was either cocaine bus or communists. And that's how much the world has changed because, obviously, cocaine movies is not really a thing anymore. Communism, it died, so... It's not really a thing. And I suppose that's also one of the weird things about Stranger Things because you've got the Russian element in that because of when it's set. Okay. Uh, you know, so it probably, and that's something that, because it's not been a thing for so long, it, I suppose it makes it feel like something new. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dave of Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast, and you're listening to Pods Like Us with Marv. 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 Yeah, I think uh, my battery's started to die, so... Right. So you don't do any editing at all of the show, or do you do do a little bit of editing? Um. So as far as it goes we, with Ponytail, we don't really do any editing. Chris deals with it, and he, he just treats it as a single recorded audio file. Yep. So unless there's something specific that we absolutely hated, which generally there isn't then we'll just hear it as it is um that's something that a couple of the pods that i listen to myself do and i think it just gives it a bit of a funner vibe just because you you've got that conversational aspect so you know that whatever's being said is being said and there's no sort of like cleaning it up or making it perfect or anything um you know like i say it does occasionally leave for a bit of dead air. Sometimes it leaves for saying stuff that's marginally inappropriate, but whatever. <laughs> but I, I like that. I mean, there's a couple of shows that I listen to, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you know of Out of the Blank. That's one podcast where Robbie does that. He just has a chat with somebody and it goes out as is. I mean, he's he's, a, he's amazing. He, he releases an episode every day. Wow, that's crazy! And they're anywhere from from like 
just under an hour to about two and a half hours at a time as well. It's amazing that that sort of level of release. Wow. Me and Chris have that much trouble getting together for an hour every couple of weeks. I know. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I also took my cue on doing that from Jethro on Nuts Rockcast as well because he does very, very little editing, um, yeah. which, again, it just keeps stuff in, you know, it keeps it honest. Um, that's like one of the things that we discussed and I asked him to do was um, occasionally he'd like go off to check some levels or go off to the toilet or something when we'd hit the remote yep. conversation phase of life. So he'd just disappear and leave his guests to chat amongst themselves. And sometimes you'd get some great chat in there, just sort of like when you don't think it's really part of it. So you just have a bit of a... Sweating about and yeah, <laughs> I've just thought actually that a recent episode that I'll listen to of Knots Rockcast. I mean, the recent that I've heard. I mean, it's still a while away from 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 when it was released. Sure. That that how the heck did you get your hands on that that recording of uh, what was it? The the group that had the members of uh, White Snake or whatever in them. Or like, oh. Ooh, wow. Okay, so. Obviously, we'll go into Knots Rockcast in more detail another day, but uh, I'll tell you what, doing the yep. uh, reviews on that show has been an absolute pleasure. Yep. Um, Jethro just basically started for... I created an email address, which is knotsrockcastreviews at gmail.com. Yep. Um, and we plug that on the show um, as a send me recordings. Well, there was also a few... Um, agent type people that would just send stuff to us like PR agents that would yep. just send us stuff that was in their stable. And the state of some of it um, is amazing. You get these American bands, like you, you sort of listen to local stuff and think that's awesome. That is a really good bit of music. That is maybe a little bit rough on the uh, production side of things, but yeah, good stuff. And then you'd take one of these ones and it'd be like a professional bit of music that you could tell it had had a lot of money spent on it. And that's what this one that was um, Whitesnake members and stuff like that was sent. It was just one of the PR agents who just bundled it in, obviously sent it off to loads and loads of different podcasts. And we were lucky enough to be one of them. And I got to listen to it and talk about it and give my humble opinion on this (laughs) incredible bit of music. (laughs) I just remember listening and I thought, God, how the hell did you get that? I know, yeah. I, I remember, look, because what had happened most of the time is I'd go in a bit blind. So yep. I've, I've got a, I don't even know where it is now. It's been that long since I've done any, but I've got a notebook knocking around somewhere. And what I would do is I'd, Jethro had a, um, it gave me a spreadsheet that had a good couple of hundred songs on it, all different band names. Yep. The ones that were sent in by agents were all flagged. And so that way you'd know which ones were local and which ones weren't. Um, and I tried to sort of vary it up and do like a local one, a not local, a local, a local. And I wouldn't know. The the not local ones, I wouldn't know what they were going to be at all um, yep. because I, I didn't have the PR release that went with the song. I would just have the email that would have the song file on it or I'd just have the song file. Uh, we saved them in a 
shareholder. So I then, as you've heard on there, made it my sort of thing to go on their socials, find out a little bit about them, jot it down, introduce them, and then play it and then talk about it. Well, on that specific one, I remember just looking at it. I didn't recognize the band name. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, whatever this is, blah, 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 write it down, jot it down. Let's find their uh, socials. Yep, okay, off we go. Find the social. Wait a minute. They're who? Really? Ah, <laughs> uh, it was um, It was called something orchestra, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, something orchestra. And I, I remember just looking at it and being like, because, I mean, some of the names as well, you know, some some of these bands from overseas that have right names and you wouldn't think any more yeah. of it. And I'd be like, I remember that one. I remember looking at Facebook and being like, really? These want me to talk about this? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah. I can play it. And then the other part of it was that I always made sure that I listened to it and had my recording on cue so that as soon as I got to the end of the bit of music, I could press record and you'd get my honest reaction. Yeah. And I, I seem to remember with that one, I got to the end of the song and I was like, click. Uh, what can I say about that? <laughs> I'm trying to look now to find out what the name of the group was. I don't want dead air. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was something. Yeah. <laughs> Get an IMDb, we'll find it on there. Um, yeah, it was something orchestra, I'm sure it was. Absolutely sure it was. And, I mean, that was like, there have been some other ones that have been blatantly signed bands that have done, that have released stuff that's costed a lot of money to release. And people might not understand, but you can absolutely tell the difference between something that's been done for a lot of money and something that hasn't. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it's production pure and simple just the after production because obviously the what costs money for recording is time isn't it that's the it's the time for the place it's the time for the engineers and you can really tell the stuff that's been engineered properly like to a professional level and it was like just mind blown i've been listening to it thinking how can i get my stuff to sound like this stuff yeah no way actually yeah. They're legit musicians, so it's never going to sound like that anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the same thing. So what what other shows do you listen to and enjoy listening to? So at the minute, I've got two shows that are on my regular-ish play roster. Yep. Um, the one that I listen to occasionally, a little bit more occasionally, is one called um, the Console Gaming Crew. Now, they talk about console games. Um, The three guys from Philadelphia that just chat. Um, But what really grabs me about theirs is that they've been interspersing their episodes with a series called Consoles Through History, which is absolutely fascinating, amazing. If you're into old tech and consoles and stuff, I definitely suggest checking that out. Um. They, they start off with the brown box and they've worked forward. They're as far as I think they've done the NES. I think that was the, that's right. the last one that they did was the NES. So they're working through. 
amazing to listen to. Um, they'll tell you sort of all the how much it cost back then and how much that's worth now, etc., etc. Really, really fascinating stuff. Um, and all the um, absolutely some of the innovations that were created way before the time is unreal with some of that stuff. Um, and then the other one, the one that I make a point of listening to every week, is called "What's Your Spaghetti Policy." Oh, right. um, and that's it's two guys from Tennessee who just chat and they're funny they're very very entertaining to listen to um, it's no set subject they just chat uh, one of them's just a regular dude the other one's a bit of a paranoid sort of conspiracy theory nut and it makes for a really good show um, but that one, I think the reason why I cling to that one is because it's very, um, very regular. They put out every single Friday. Yeah. Um, even if one of them can't make it, they'll do um, one of them will go on his own and just do an Ask Me Anything episode. And wow. they can fill sort of an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes quite easily. There you go. You so see, I mean, I've got something for you there, you know, suggestion. You you could just do some review, little like mini review episodes and put them out. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were a few towards when Jethro started struggling to get guests. There were a few episodes where he just put sort of three or four reviews together on one show and just released that, which, yeah, that was, that was all good. Um, There's a good chance to get to check out the um, the local stuff. I always felt bad for airing more towards the foreign stuff, to be honest. What yeah. with it being not Rockcast. To me, the whole point was that it should be local bands. Yeah. And that it should more focus on local bands. But at times, people weren't sending stuff in. I don't know why. I don't know if people weren't listening enough or if people didn't think the stuff were good enough or whatever. But, I mean, I always used to make a point of saying, it doesn't matter what quality it is, the recording that you're sending me in. Send it in and we'll talk about it. Because one of the things that I always try and do, especially when listening to music on that level, is try and pick out the good of it, and try and pick out what's cool and talk about that. Yeah. I mean, there's enough Simon Cowles in the world that will pointlessly slate music. And I, th- I think to myself, there's no point in doing that because this is something that not only has someone spent the time to record and make into a song, it's also something they've generally written, unless it's a cover. And it, even if it's a cover, it's something that they've spent time adapting and making into their own style. Yeah. But when it's something that that person's written from scratch – created a piece of music from nothing you can't you can't go in and slate it it's ridiculous so yeah. i always found focus on the good stuff yeah yeah there'll always be something good and you, you've just you've just reminded me of uh, good, good great cover versions that local bands have done like you know um alcohol when they've done they did love machine didn't they by um girl was it girls allowed that did love machine oh, or okay. something I can remember the time when literally everyone used to do Faith after Limp Biscuit did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. But going oh, back to God. Faith No More, you know, a bit of a bit of a tangent there. 
I remember that when they were really big, the amount of people that used to do cover versions of Faith No More songs was ridiculous. Absolutely. Tinseltown used to do a couple back in the olden days, back in the uh, late 90s. Yeah. So, where can, go on then. so where can people find the show and get hold of you? Okay, so Ponytail and the Beard can be found on Podbean. So jump on Podbean and just uh, search Ponytail and Beard Podcast. And that's where we are. You'll find the few episodes that we've done. And hopefully in the not-too-distant future, we'll be a little bit more widespread. Um, If you want to listen to my music, um, my personal stuff is on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music and everything like that. All you got to do is just search for Jim Plum, and there I'll be. Um, my album's called Seasons, so if you're in the mood for a bit of a chill out, then bang that on. Um, if you're in the mood for something a little bit more angry, then at the minute I'm doing something called Trigger the Apocalypse, which you can find on YouTube. Um, and I think that's about everything that I've got going on right now link wise plug wise pluggy plug um so yeah um obviously if you want to check out some old episodes of knots rockcast then knots rockcast podcast is always there that's a good listen um plenty of great music on there i think i've come in after about a year's worth so <laughs> um so yeah that's that's pretty much me really um in my mind to think of any other links that I've got, but I don't think I've got any. So um, I've got a YouTube channel as well where I put um, all my own stuff. I've got some other music on there as well, other than my album, because um, I, I do a few oddities. I've done a couple of little covers and a couple of songs where, that don't really fit on my albums. So they're on my YouTube page, which is Jim Plum. Yep. If you want uh, music just to have in the background and just to chill out and relax too, it's it's a perfect listen for that. That's what I made it for, really. That was the intention. It's, uh, you know, uh, chuck it on in background and do something. Yeah. I, I remember I listened to it the first time and I thought to myself, damn it, Jim, I've been trying to do something that good for years and then you've done it better than I've ever done it. Cheers, dude. I really appreciate that. It's um, I don't get a lot of comments on it, so I really appreciate anything that I hear on it. And uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. So, That's fine. Anyway, we be- I'd better do the sign out now. I think because your battery is about to go, isn't it? On your on your laptop. I'm at twenty percent. I should have maybe plugged it in, but yeah, <laughs> we'll sort it. Anyway, thanks for chatting with me today, mate. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, Mob. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to talk to you and catch up and some absolutely brilliant memories as well. It's uh, always great remembering some of the old times, especially old Mansfield when it was good. Yep, yep. Town Mill, Stockwells, Bowling Hand, Mason's Arms. We can reel them off. <laughs> Mason's. <laughs> oh, Man, don't. <laughs> I miss them all so much. <laughs> anyway, you can find Pods Like Us on any streaming network. 
And we're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you just search for Pods Like Us on any of those, we're there. And you can contact us at podslikeus at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us.